Thank you for tuning in to the Trinity Temple Podcast, coming to you from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. It is our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing in your life. I told you when we began this series that every Sunday morning you were going to get a dose of the 16 fundamental truths, so let's run through them again. The scriptures inspired the one true God, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fall of man, the salvation of man, the ordinances of the church, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost, sanctification, the church and its mission, the ministry, divine healing, the blessed hope, the millennial reign of Christ, the final judgment, and the new heavens and the new earth. I want to again tell you that these 16 fundamental truths are non-negotiable truths as an Assembly of God church. Let me again also say that this series is not an attempt to open a debate about these fundamental truths. These are our 16 fundamental truths and they are what this church stands on and believes. This is what we believe. Four out of these 16 are core doctrines. The salvation of man. Every man needs to be saved. Every woman needs to be saved. We talked last week about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every believer needs the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This morning we're going to talk about divine healing. Next Sunday we're going to talk about the blessed hope. Our text for this series is found in Psalms chapter number 82, verse number 5. Reading it from the New Living Translation says, But these oppressors know nothing. They are so ignorant. They wander about in darkness while the whole world is shaken to the core. We talked about, we've talked every week about core being defined as a central truth, a foundational part, the essential meaning. When the psalmist writes in Psalms 82 that the whole world is being shaken to the core, let me again tell you that we are living in a time in which our faith, our beliefs, everything that we stand upon is being shaken. Uh, Everything is being tested. The Hebrew writer explains why there is a great shaking because there is a shaking because those things that cannot be shaken need to come forth, need to be revealed. Our faith in God should not be shakable. Our faith in God's word should not be shakable. We are saved by Christ. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit. God provides healing. And God's looking, I believe, real close to coming to get us in the blessed hope. Today's message is the 12th of the fundamental truths. And it is God provides healing through the atonement. Today's message is not an attempt to explain healing. Uh, if you came today hoping that the, the, most important, the, the most important question is why are some healed and why are not, why others are not, that question will seem to go unanswered today because I'm not smart enough to answer it. I, I do recognize that during healing services there are those, there are those in this room this morning that have been healed by the power of God. And there are those in this room this morning that have continued to, uh, to uh, endure, to uh, live with the, the disease or the pain that's in your body. I cannot explain that. So let's get that out of the question. Years ago when I was just a child, I remember my grandfather and grandmother who is both 
enjoying the presence of the Lord today. But my grandfather was a big man. Uh, my grandfather was about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, uh, he went anywhere from 250 to 260. Uh, I have his weight, not his height. I wish it was the other way around. But uh, my grandfather, I know my grandfather for two things, or for three things. He loved his family, he loved to work, and he loved God. My grandfather led singing. I can't tell you, at Malvern, at my home church in Van Buren, uh, he, he was... I honestly can say he was the most godliest man that I've ever known. Uh, but my grandfather in the late 80s or in the, in the early 80s was diagnosed with Parkinson. I cannot tell you how many times we have sat in the altars at Van Buren First Assembly to allow that church to pray for my grandfather. I can't tell you how many times as a family that we have uh, joined beside his bed and as a family prayed that God would heal him. But in 1991, my grandfather passed away. Skin and bones had been bedfast probably for years. And if, we, if I allowed it to, I could sit here and say, you know what? If anyone deserved healing, it was my grandfather. So therefore, if my grandfather didn't get healed, the godliest man that I know, then therefore God doesn't heal it would be easy to come to that conclusion. But yet the people that sit before me, there's testimony after testimony of God's healing power. It may have been instantaneously. It may have been through a process of time. It may have been to a certain point of healing. Or God may just have simply said, you know what, just trust me. But I stand here this morning with all certainty, with all assurance that my grandfather is healed today. That somewhere in glory, my grandfather is probably building a mansion somewhere. He was a home builder. He, he's, probably got, he's probably telling angels how to do it right now, okay? But I know he's healed. I know he's whole. And one of these days, as he is, we will all stand in glory and we will all be healed and made whole. The Bible is clear. No more sickness. No more sorrow no more death. The Bible teaches divine healing, but it also teaches that it is appointed unto man once to die. The fact that some are not healed does not destroy the fact that God can and does heal. Let me say that again. The fact that some are not healed does not destroy the fact that God does and can heal. In Mark chapter number 2, Jesus healed a man who was lowered through the roof by four friends. In the midst of that conversation, Jesus looks at the man and says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. That statement caused an uproar amongst the religious leaders. How can this ordinary man forgive sin? Only God can forgive sin. Of course, Jesus is sitting there knowing what they're talking about, murmuring among themselves. And Jesus makes this statement. Whether it is easier... To say, thy sins be forgiven. Or whether it's to say, take up thy bed and walk. He said that you know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. Take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible says that this man who was brought there, lame, picked up his mat and walked out the house. 
Now, here's the point of that text that I believe. There are not two kinds of faith. Ephesians 4 and 5 says there's one faith. So the, so the faith a person needs to be saved is the same faith a person needs to be healed. Let me say it again. Ephesians says there is one faith. I don't need two separate faiths, one for salvation and one for... The same faith that I'm saved by is the same faith I'm healed by. So let's draw your attention to Matthew chapter number 8, and we'll talk from there. And I'll talk kind of fast because I want to make sure we get time where, you can, where we can have prayer for the sick. In Matthew chapter number 8, we'll begin reading with verse number 1. And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleaned. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests and, after, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I, say to you, and I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he, he saw his wife's mother laying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. We see, really, other than Jesus, we see three individuals in this text. We see a leper, a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion, and Peter's mother-in-law. All of which were despised by the Jewish mind. The leper, the soldier, and the woman. But here we find Christ not only ministers to all three, but heals all three. And in healing all three, he's answered three questions that I want to deal with this morning. Question number one, is God willing to heal? What a powerful question. Is God willing to heal? Now, if you look back at verses 2 and 3, you see a very short, a very short conversation. The leper comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus says, I'm willing, be healed. And that's the end of the conversation. What a, but it's a very powerful lesson that we need to learn as believers. Is God willing to heal me? According to this verse, these scriptures, Jesus says, I'm willing. I'm willing. 
He says, Lord, if you're willing, he says, I am, the leper goes away. How many people do we know that dispute God's willingness by saying, well, I guess it's just God's will that I be sick. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I love my two boys. And this morning, we could probably interview every father who has a child at Children's Hospital and ask them this question. Are you willing to change places with your child if it meant your child could be made he- or be healed? Every father would say, absolutely. What father does not want his child to be healed? What father wants his child to be sick? The, this past Wednesday night in our DVD lesson, one of the things that we learned, it says that if the thought battle isn't won, direct battle can be lost. Simply put, in other words, if I doubt it here in my mind, the thought battle, if I lose it, don't win it, Chances are I'm not going to win the direct battle, the hand-to-hand combat, the, the physical battle in my life. You see, I remember the woman in, in, the, in the Word of God that had uh, a bleeding disease for 12 years. And you know what she did? She said, if I could just touch him, I know I'll be healed. If I, and this, this leper that we find coming to Jesus, Lord, if you're willing, he says, I am. You see, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. How many things are possible? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Believe that he is. How many would agree that we need faith? Agree? How do I get faith? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing God's word produces faith in my life, produces faith that I can receive my healing. Let me give you scripture references. Acts chapter number 14. Verse number eight, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man, this man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And, the, and he leaped and walked. If you go back to that verse number nine, right in the middle, this man lame heard Paul speaking. What was he speaking on? He was speaking the gospel. He was preaching Jesus Christ. He was preaching to this crowd that Jesus is the way, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. This man listened, heard, faith was risen in his heart, so much so that Paul recognized the faith that was in him. And it says that Paul perceived him to have the faith to be healed, looked at him and said, said, get up and walk. You see, if we can get this word in us, oh, help me. If we can get word in us, God's word in us, God's word produces faith. It takes what? It takes faith to be saved and it takes faith to be healed. Well, preacher, if I don't get healed, does that mean I don't have any faith? Not answering that question. I 
I, I'm, I'm not smart enough to answer that question. I don't know. I stand here this day, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years after my grandfather passed away and have no idea why God didn't heal him. Because he was a man of great faith. You see, I believe that for somebody today, you're going to hear God's word speak to you, whether it's through my mouth or whether it's through the spirit of God. And there's going to be faith enough for you to be healed. How many would love to walk out of here healed this morning? Amen. The leper raised the question. Jesus answered it absolutely. Number two, the second question that we find, is God able to heal? It's one thing to be willing. It's another thing to be able. So watch what happens in the conversation with the Roman soldier, the Roman centurion. The centurion comes to Jesus pleading for his servant to be healed. And in verse number 7, we pick up the conversation. Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Only speak the word and my servant will be healed. Not only does Jesus admit he's able, but so does the soldier. Watch it. Jesus said, I'll come heal him. There we also find his willingness but we also find his ability. He said, I will come and heal him. There's no, I'll come pray for him. I'll come anoint him. I'll come and heal him. So we find the willingness and the ability. But the the soldier recognizes his willingness and ability, and he recognizes the power upon his life because he says, wait a minute, Lord. I'm not worthy that you would even come under my roof. All I need from you is for you to say so. Just say the word. Just just speak it. And I know my servant will be made whole. David begins in Psalms, as he begins to write in Psalms 103. 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. I believe God is able. Jeremiah 30, 17, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. I believe he's able. Isaiah the prophet said this in Isaiah 53, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness that we will see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Can I tell you this morning? I believe God is able to heal. In Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. But to you who fear fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. In James chapter number 4. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed sin they shall be forgiven. Confess 
confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let me say it again. I believe God is able to heal. 1 Peter 2 and 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Let me say it again. I believe God is able to heal. You see this morning, it's one thing to be willing. It's another thing to be able. I can tell you all day long that I'm willing to give you a car, that I'm willing to give you $10,000, that I'm willing to give you a vacation in, in, in Hawaii. I can tell you that all day long and really some of it with even a straight face, but I'm not able to do that. I can't go buy a car and give it to you, pay for, give you $10,000. I'm not able to do that, but I can tell you this one thing. If I'm sick in body, I stand in full assurance knowing that he is willing to heal me but also he is able to heal me and I believe that we as a church if we can once again begin to call on the name of the Lord in faith just like we talked about last week in the baptism of the Holy Spirit how we need his spirit in our lives I can assure you the spirit of God wants to rise up faith within us that when we lay hands on the sick they get up and they recover I believe he's able I believe he's willing and I believe he's able and this brings me to the third question does he heal? Does he heal? To answer that question, let's look at the, the full text of our verses. Did God heal the leper? Okay, this is interactive. Did God heal the leper? Yes. Did God heal the centurion's servant? Let's look at scripture. Picking up in verse number 14. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laying sick with a fever and he touched her hand. The fever left and she arose and served. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed, cast out the spirit with the word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took on our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Did God heal the leper? Did he heal the Roman soldier? Servant. Did he heal Peter's mother-in-law? Did God heal all those that were brought to him? And because healing is found in the atonement, that which Jesus accomplished at Calvary, will God heal us today? Absolutely yes. Will he? Is he willing? Is he able? Does he still heal? Well, preacher, I, I, you know, I, I'm just struggling with that thought now. I don't see it. I don't see oxygen. I don't see gravity. But if I stepped one too many steps off this, y'all would see gravity in action. And y'all would laugh. I know this bunch. And then somebody might get up and say, hey, somebody help the preacher up. I know you would. Does God heal? Absolutely. Absolutely. How many can honestly testify to the fact this morning that without a doubt in your mind, you know that you have been healed by God? I want you to raise your hand. I look in this room this morning. I see Miss Danae back there with 
that little baby. Folks, if you don't believe in healing, talk to that couple. Is he willing? Absolutely. Is he able? Absolutely. And does he? I believe he does. I'm going to close with some scripture. Brother Mark, if you and your team want to come back up, you can be here when we get to praying. Now watch. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Matthew 10 and 1 says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Mark chapter number 16. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will, be no, it, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. They will recover. Almost every Sunday morning that we come to the service right before preaching is usually when we have our time of prayer for the sick. Can you plug, can I plug this up? And every time I ask those that are sick in body, those who need a touch of God in their bodies, I ask you to come and be seated upon these altars. Okay, leave it muted. We read it in James. The elders are going to anoint you with oil and they're going to pray for you. Others are going to join around you and pray. And I guess usually about once a month or once every other month, someone raises the question, well, preacher, what if I come down there, get prayed for, what if nothing happens? First of all, I wonder if nothing ever happens when people gather around you and pray for you. I wonder if we can honestly say, well, nothing happened. But I can assure you every time that prayer is made, where people with faith lay hands on and pray for you, something always happens. Oh, it, it, may, not, it may not be the healing you want. You see, in Acts chapter number 3, we find a, a lame man at, at the gate, and he's shaking a cup. He's asking for money. You see, he came to church asking, seeking money. But what he left was with healing. You don't always get what you want. But I can assure you, you get what God's got for you. Sometimes God heals miraculously. Just at that moment, just like we see, Jesus says the leper, I'm willing Bible says the, the leprosy is dried up, cleaned. He says, go show the priest. That's the only way he could be announced clean, but he was cleaned. The centurion soldier, his servant. There's another translation that says it something like this, that Jesus looks at him and says, 
that which you believe can happen has happened. Healed. Sometimes just boom, it happens. Sometimes God heals through a process. Sometimes he heals to a certain point. I don't. And sometimes he just looks and speaks into your heart and says, just trust me. Just trust me. And we read where Paul cried out, Lord, take this thing from me. And that's when, G, that's when the word says, God spoke to him and said, you know what? I could, but my grace is sufficient. I, I'm asking you this morning. I'm believing that somebody has heard the word of God. And that somehow, some way, that word has lit a spark of faith in your heart. And you're sitting here this morning, and in essence, you're just saying, Preacher, shut up so I can be prayed for and healed. You see, I perceive faith is in somebody today. Faith to be healed. And I'm not going to stand up here and say, Stand up and walk because I don't know what God's going to heal you of. But I am going to stand up here and say, I perceive faith in you. Faith enough to receive your miracle. I'm going to ask the board and the staff, gentlemen, if you would come real quickly this morning. Because I'm going to ask you to pray for people like we do every Sunday morning. We're going to lay hands on the sick. The word tells us that they shall recover. If you have doubt that that it's going to take place in just a few moments, and I don't want to be rude or mean, but if if you doubt it, feel free to go ahead and step into the foyer and and fellowship. Because I, I, I don't doubt it. I believe he's willing, I believe he's able, and I believe he does. Did you hear me? I believe he's willing, I believe he's able, and I believe he does.